Hey everybody, welcome to Naval Gazing on ValleyIndy.org. You can also hear this podcast talk show on 103.5 WNHH, New Haven's community radio station. And we're available on iTunes, SoundCloud, Libsyn, and YouTube. Today, it's Ansonia Day on the podcast. Joining us is Ansonia Mayor David Cassetti. Good morning, Mr. Mayor. Good morning, everyone. Then sitting next to Mayor Cassetti is Ansonia's Economic Development Director and Grant Writer, Sheila O'Malley. Welcome, Miss O'Malley. Hi, Eugene. Hi, Ethan. Thanks for having us. Morning. Morning. And that's Ethan Fry. How Hello, are you? Hello, how are you? And then last and certainly not least is Ansonia's Corporation Counsel and an Ansonia resident himself and a former alderman, John Marini. Good morning. Good morning. So first things, first we should talk about home goods right off the bat, because uh, we had a story saying home goods is coming. And uh, looking back, I think we published the story too early before making an additional phone call, I think. And the mayor might have, you're shaking your head, no, Sheila. I don't think so. I thought it was a good story. Just go into the mic I, a little I, bit. I actually thought it was a good story. You uh, jumped on top of it. You were the first ones to get it out there. But the, but we thought it was going to be a, taking up a complete separate storefront uh, in that shopping center, in the Big Y shopping center. For anybody who doesn't live in Ansonia or doesn't know what we're talking about, there was an announcement last week saying that Home Goods is coming to Ansonia into the Big Y shopping center. But it turns out it's coming... T- inside Marshalls. Can you explain what's going on with Home Goods? It's going to co-locate with Marshalls. Uh, it's, can you hear? I can hear better. Yeah, you, got, you can't gonna, be more than a, than a hands. Okay. Sorry about that. Oh, yeah. It's going to co-locate with Marshalls. They may need additional space, and there is space to bump out if needed, but right now they're going to co-locate. Does that mean we had one of our readers say online, somebody from Massachusetts stumbled across the story and said, hey, we have this uh, in Massachusetts. Essentially what it is, there's two extra pieces of furniture, and they slap on a home goods banner. Is it going to be more? Because people, I I guess my point is this. We wrote that story, and it got like 52,000 reads, which is extraordinary for us. So it's a really good thing for Ansonia. But uh, we want to make sure it, it is what it is. And I know it's still early. So when you say co-locate, can you explain, like, well, how much square foot is it going to be in the store? What, what is it going to be? Because I still can't visualize what's going to be happening there. They're actually going to, I think, split it in half. But home goods may need at least and maybe additional space um, other than half of it. Okay, so have, that's news right there. Yeah, okay. they'll have all of, you know, the, everything that they have in a, in a regular store, they're going to try to contain it into one um, store with both both Marshalls and Home Goods. But there's going to be furniture, lamps, rugs, paint, you know. So it's um, probably, it sounds like it's more of a subdivide, if I'm using that word correctly. Correct. Because Marshalls is a, is a good size, and a 50, 50% of that becomes Home Goods. Correct. That's a better thing. And the reason I had said I we had kind of messed up, and I'll just talk through our, you know, it's our responsibility to get things as accurately as humanly possible, and because we're human, sometimes that doesn't happen. And I thought, on our end, I had Ethan covering a board of aldermen meeting that night, and I asked you for two stories that night, home goods and one on the budget, mm. which, looking back, that was, kind of, uh, that was kind of stupid. And had we held that story for one extra day, it would have been probably 100% correct if we just took a little extra time. But again, I never thought to, to call the uh, big Y owner. We did reach out to the store themselves. So anyway, that's that. So that's mm. home goods. Is there anything anybody wants to add to that? No, or? I mean, if you just talk to Alan Schwartz. Yeah, yeah, I, I should say most uh, you know shopping center owners don't just pick up the phone for reporters when they call, but uh, right. Mr. Schwartz did. So thank you for that. 
So moving on. Which is why I didn't call him in the first place. You know, it's like, oh, that guy will never talk to me. But that's how. So. Yeah, I think at least. At Don't our assume, le- you know. At our level, 90% of our mistakes aren't because we hate Republicans or Democrats or are out to get Mayor Cassetti. <laughs> it's that we make assumptions and we make mistakes that way. Wakely Avenue. Oh, boy. This is another one I'm kind of shocked by. Uh, by well, not shocked, but it's a concern among Ansonia residents, obviously, mm. as you'll probably all know personally. There's a construction project that's been going on there for a while. I just drove on the road this morning to go get uh, some coffee up in, uh, up in Seymour. And, uh, I mean, you know, there's a long-running project. It's going to be a $4.8 million reconstruction of that road. So we know eventually it's going to be uh, in good shape. But it seems to be stuck in this purgatory this sort of patchy filled purgatory where there's not a lot of work going on and it's a it's a pain to drive on what's the latest i have a meeting this morning at 11 30 with eversource gas where i'm going to instruct them i had them repair the road from jackson heading north towards franklin now i'm going to tell them that i want to go from jackson heading south towards division street to mill out certain areas where they had put just the first course of asphalt in and they didn't put a second course in and i'm going to have them level that all off yeah and what's the what's the it seems that that project has been taking a long time there's like the eversource part of it there was an article in the register last year saying the reconstruction was already supposed to have started yeah. and it seems like yeah. has anything so we, when's the last time somebody was there with when, a piece of machinery doing work when you there's two separate projects mm-hmm. the eversource project should occur and did occur in advance of our project however i think they jumped the gun a little bit I mean, they, they were, this has been a year-long project for Eversource. They probably could have started about three or four months ago to kind of coincide with our bidding out of the Wakeley Avenue project, which is the $4.8 million reconstruction project. So I believe, first and foremost, they started kind of early on this, which caused the pain and suffering to continue on for a year, where it could have been maybe a three- to six-month period. But, I mean, Yankee Gas, you know, the mayor's been out there repeatedly. The public works director's been out there to check their work and to complain and to, on behalf of the residents. So, you know, I I anticipate that our Wakely Avenue project, the $4.8 million project, will occur. Hopefully there will be no bumps in the road, so to speak, with our project. We're going to try to... We're going to try to make it as smooth as possible for the residents. And what's happening on the road right now? In terms of Yankee Gas, what are they doing I, now? I, either. Or? I don't know. I, I have no well, idea. I believe Yankee Gas. Or, I just know I drive on the road. Eversource. It's Eversource. Yeah. It's not Yankee Gas. It well, was Yankee you, Gas. Yeah, if, if you say Yankee so Gas. So Eversource yeah. is done with the services. Um, they're doing restoration work to the lawns. They're basically done. But I'm meeting with them this morning to tell them that I want more paving done on the uh, south side. Okay, gotcha. So we're at the point where they're done with what yes. they have to do, yep. and now they're coming back. And they're all done. Fixing and, up. And let's be clear, their contractor is insured. So to the extent that anyone has suffered any damages to their vehicles or to their property, and we've heard reports of damages, some anecdotal, I believe, some directly reported to us, all of those claims will go directly to or should go directly to the insurance company that's responsible. And we will be sure to make that information available 
to the residents so they know exactly where to submit their claims. And uh, in terms of, I mean, I lived on Hawth- I live on Hawthorne Avenue in Derby, where we had uh, a, a complete road reconstruction. And for a while, yeah, it's a it's a pain in the neck, and mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is with dust. And but the end result was was good. Uh, Mayor, what's the what's the specific issue with what Eversource did? As as a layman, I don't. All I know is I drive on the road and there's patches everywhere. What, what did they do? wrong Eversource didn't do anything wrong it's their contractor okay eugene their contractor is a pipeline specialist that's what they do they're not paving specialists what they did is they dug they installed the pipe and then they backfilled and and they just put asphalt down and they didn't do it the proper way you're supposed to do asphalt in lifts uh, an inch and a half lip and an inch and a half lift and they didn't do it that way and that's called the ripple effect on all of it so when the people drive down there they're they're banging their front ends they didn't gotcha. properly pave it. Okay, gotcha. And now the hope is, well, how come like the, the, the second part of the job, or the, the separate main part of the job hasn't started? And, and when will that start? The main part of what job? No, it's well, it's not Repairing part of Eversource's project. This is the, the city's separate, project. The big the part. road reconstruction. Yeah. Because the um, when speaking with the residents, they wanted additional, they wanted the road project to extend out. Uh, and and to add additional sidewalks onto the project. We went back to the region for additional funding. We're going to try to also include lighting for the residents. So it, it bumped up almost $800,000 more for uh, additional funding. And, um, you know, when you get grant funding, there's a process. So there are three layers of reviews, which the final design has to go through. They're right now doing a peer review. They already did a regional review with the COG, and they will then have to submit to the DOT for final uh, approval of the design. So there's three review, there's three layers of reviews, and that that process takes okay. quite a bit of time. So that's why, because I know the original press conference with all this was back in 2015. I want to say. I think so. Yeah. And the, the like, but the project yeah. expanded since then, mm-hmm. and thus the start date of the Wakeley Avenue reconstruction that the city is kicking in some money for and getting paid for primarily through, uh, I guess, federal and state grants, that was pushed as the project grew. And it's still under... It, when do you think it's going to start? Well, we hope to get the project out to bid by August with final approval from DOT, hopefully in August. So we'll put, we'll put it out to bid. Hopefully we'll start in September. When we may get lucky and have another warm winter season so they can work straight through um, till December, maybe, even though the paving uh, plants close, pl- plants close. But hopefully they'll have a warm summer to work through and then start up again in uh, March. You know, I should note that this this project is working at record speed. I mean, the, I, I made the comment and it's the truth, Eugene, that the Hill Street and Prindle Avenue jobs were were tom clifford's administration back in 91 this project didn't start until 2007 2009 i mean we're working we're moving at record speed on this uh project on wakeley avenue but it's got to go through the proper channels it's got to go through government the deep state and that kind and of if, if you want money down. if you if you want grant funds and you're talking and about if, a lot of money here for the residents right. Right. yeah you're talking about just about five million dollars for just the residents. one more question and then and then i'll shut up because i i, I it, the project is 4.8 million but that's not does that include or that does not include what the city is kicking in how much is this city has a 10 percent match we or in other words we match the engineering okay gotcha 
And then what's if somebody's front end is screwed up, uh, the procedure for like submitting a claim, will that be on like the city's website? Or? Exactly. I've already requested the information from Eversource's contractor. Once I receive that information, we will publish it on Facebook, on the city's website. And we've had a lot of talk about going directly to the residents that live on Wakely Avenue, distributing it maybe in the form of a flyer. That way everyone is aware that if there is damage, there is a path to reimbursement. There is a way to submit that claim. We don't want to leave anyone in the dark about a remedy for damage to their vehicle or their home. Mayor, how often do you hear from residents on Wakely Avenue or the roads that can, it's heavily populated uh, area. How often do you hear from people? I don't hear from many people. There's probably four or five that come down and and made complaints about it. Really? Okay. I I figured your phone is ringing off the hook every day like our Facebook. Yeah, yeah. I guess it's just the Facebook Facebook community on uh, the Valley Indy. Next topic, or do you, what, do you have a follow-up on No, that? no, no. Go ahead, yeah. No, I, well, I'm done. That's it. I retire. Those are, oh, I just okay. wanted to hear about Home Goods and, and Wakely Avenue. Okay, Now I'm going to cool. take a nap. The, uh, all right, so the, we're recording this June 19th. Or, or we're not I'll gonna, probably publish this immediately. Okay, so uh, we're recording this Monday, June 19th. Tomorrow, uh, the night of June 20th, uh, there will be a public hearing and special alderman's meeting at the high school, is at it? At the high school. It's going to be at the high school, school. auditorium. Seven Seven o'clock. Um, uh, we've done a couple stories on it recently uh, that you can read at valleyindy.org. But basically, the uh, the budget that the aldermen are, are have in front of them now, uh, taxes will remain flat year over year. Um, the school district will be getting uh, of like a few hundred thousand dollars more, um, but over half uh, a million more. They've had to. Uh, they've just uh, laid off, cut a, about sixteen positions, which will result in about nine layoffs. Uh, it's it's been. I mean, there's still uncertainty, I guess, over the state budget, uh, Mr. Mayor. Uh, yes. If you could just like, what, what's the latest uh, in uh, terms of like the state, the uncertainty with that, and we're and waiting to hear from the state at this point in time. I'm hoping that by the middle of July to have something from the state. I hope something comes in. I'm sure that the, you know they're haggling with it right now, and and basically like the the city has to put together a budget before knowing how much it'll be getting from the state, and in a city like Ansonia, which gets tens of millions of dollars in state aid, that uncertainty is is causes anxiety here. I guess, um, like say the state comes in and says you know has to cut uh, the state aid that Ansonia gets, what will happen then? Will the you guys have to go back to the alderman? What, 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 will, uh, what will go on? Uh, but that's a good question. That's exactly why the alderman and the mayor's office worked to come up with a worst-case scenario budget. Uh, the mayor originally proposed a worst-case scenario budget back in February. Since then, his finance staff has worked very closely with the alderman and also with members of the Board of uh, Apportionment and Taxation. And that we've come up with, that, I, I think, a worst-case budget scenario that is improved over where it was back in February, but it's still a worst-case budget scenario. So it anticipates that worst case of the state coming in with perhaps less funding than before. So, you know, the, the mayor, uh, the mayor, the staff, the aldermen believe at this point they've put out the most responsible budget possible in terms of protecting taxpayers and also funding departments at uh, a reasonable level to preserve vital services. But of course, it still is. You, you see the spending. It's um, a several million dollars cut overall from last year. So spending has gone down. Uh, the city side in particular is really tight, really trying to live within its means, 
to trying to do with less than it did with last year while still being able to allocate over half a million dollars extra to the Board of Education. Um, Some cuts to the library were concerning. That was a big topic some months ago. Um, A lot of that a lot of that funding has been restored. We found different ways to save. For example, an early retirement offer that was put out and that was actually taken up by an employee at the library, saving over $50,000 per year. The position won't be replaced. And the result is money was saved from a department like the library without having to sacrifice any hours. Same thing with recreational programs. Larger cuts were proposed. Some of that funding has been restored. And so Really, you've seen the result of a lot of hard work on the part of our aldermen and the finance committee, led by Charlie Stowe, and also the mayor and his finance team, really working hard to try to make really the fairest budget possible, given the very unfair circumstances that Hartford has put us in. And certainly, I think the whole board is open to revisiting things once Hartford sets a budget, but they don't want to do the same thing to the residents that the state is doing to the cities. That is, they don't want to put the residents in limbo without a budget. And if they go past the 20th, there won't be. It is the 20th. That is tomorrow. Okay. Oh, so there has to be, there'll be a public hearing, and then it'll be up for adoption. A special meeting of the Board of Aldermen to potentially adopt the budget. We'll not be able to leave that room until a budget. It's going to be like the the old time uh, recreation. That's how they started the recreation camp in uh, Um, Derby. But uh, at one of those meetings uh, last week, Tommy Thompson, the budget consultant, uh, somebody had asked him, like, hey, what, what, will the, what will happen with the fund balance? This budget, uh, the aldermen are looking at tomorrow, it anticipates taking over uh, more than $4 million. Not anymore. Three and, oh, and a half. Three and a half million. Three Excuse me. Half. I'm sorry. Three and a half million from the city's fund balance. Um, the budget consultant for the city, he said at that meeting that, uh, you know, it's getting, you know, it's very dangerous to do that. The fund balance is getting way too low. Um, the, at the time, they had been contemplating four million. Now, three and a half million—that's good. It's a step in the right direction, I guess. But um, you know, how do you how do you not do that next year? You've pledged not to go back to the fund balance if you're reelected in November. Uh, you're going to have to cut millions sure. of dollars more from the budget, uh, won't you? Yeah, to, to make that possibly. Work? You know, he's saying it's dangerously low. It's at eight or ten percent right now. I mean, that what's dangerously low? I mean, Derby has a 25 or 3% fund balance. They're dangerously low, but we're not. Yeah, comparatively speaking, I mean, it's, it's all, you have to put everything in perspective. Of course, comparatively speaking, even using the $3.5 million or $4 million, Ansonia still has a more robust fund balance than many of the other communities around us, and actually many of the communities in Connecticut. You even have issues in Fairfield. They're struggling to try to get their fund balance to 8% of their total budget. Uh, by comparison, Derby... Is in a completely Isn't the town different of Fairfield, position. like grandlist wise, in a little better position than the city of Ansonia? Like, well, it's the no, reserve. No disrespect, it's, but, it's the reserve. I mean, it's it's essentially what reserve. you're putting away, what is undesignated. So if you compare locally, again, Derby uh, struggling to maintain around three to four percent, um, and this is while, of course, spending is increasing. And even given the fact that they've had tax increases over the past three years where the city of Ansonia has not. So comparatively speaking, we're very strong. But we hired a budget consultant like Tommy Thompson because he was very conservative and because he does share the mayor's desire to make things better. 
Um, so, of course, we want to preserve Didn't our Didn't he previously our work for the city of Derby? Wasn't that yeah. his last yes, job? Yes, he did. Several okay. municipalities okay. he worked for. And his advice has always been the same, to try to maintain that balance as strong as possible given the circumstances. So I believe we are tracking in the right direction, 500000 uh, additional that we don't have to use from the fund balance. Uh, kind of trying to wean off of that. But definitely looking towards the future, you're talking about opportunities for reorganization, opportunities for uh, combined services, trying to maintain what we have, but do it in a more cost-effective way. And this is really the big push all over Connecticut. It's something that has to be done, but that is not being done enough. The fact of the matter is the residents shouldn't have to pay higher and higher and higher taxes when services across Connecticut are being duplicated. They're uh, Essentially, you're having small towns right next to each other providing the same services, but not going in with each other to save dollars. So there's different ways of looking at things. The mayor's a big proponent of that, working with the state to find out where those efficiencies will be. And, of course, within the city itself, trying to find out ways to cooperate, have departments work together with, them, with each other to realize savings. And we want to use that state money, if, if, if we get enough, to put some money back into the fund balance. So that's our intention. Yeah, there's an opportunity. Given what the state budget is, you know, in a best case scenario, there's a great opportunity here to not only fund the departments at the levels they need to be at, but also put more money back in the reserve. But of course, the worst case scenario, at the very least, the taxpayers are protected and the fund balance will be used as minimally as possible. Um, but again, a lot remains to be seen given the state budget is not out. I mean, every, every place I've ever worked as a reporter, like the public officials have said, like, hey, let's work together. Let's consolidate more. Let's regionalize more. I mean, I've only worked in the Valley since 2012, but every public official, I, like, that seems to be, there seems to be a, a spirit of a willingness to do that. But, you know, when the rubber meets the road in terms of, like, like I, we went to... Uh, meetings where they talked about consolidating educational services in Ansonia and Derby, and you know there was a couple meetings, and then it just sort of. Well, in Derby, they talked about consolidating within their own city, mm. and that and the, yeah, that UK there was, wasn't the, the will among the people will to do that. Well, even though it was there was political will, but it was the people themselves who said no. Mm. So I don't. Yeah, and, and like the same with like they've been talking about consolidating sewer services for you know five years or more at least. So, like, where, like, yeah, it's theoretically, it's great, it'd be great if all these things were consolidated, but aren't there political realities that, that make it impossible? Like, if, if this were so easy, wouldn't it have been done by now? And well, that, how are you guys going to change that going forward to, to realize actual change? I think we've made a step in the right direction with the sewer interconnect. We now have a feasibility study underway. Uh, a consultant will be selected. They're going to study what those connections are going to be or can be with Derby, Seymour, Ansonia. Beacon Falls. Beacon Falls. So that's a step in the right direction. But I agree, there's some frustration. We, The mayor is a big proponent of regionalization. But it seems to be a touchy subject. You know, We're very territorial in Connecticut. We have these little tiny communities that just don't seem to want to branch out. But hopefully, I mean, there seems to be willingness on the part of Ansonia. So hopefully we will. And we have, uh, we've reached out to Seymour. And we've been doing uh, talking about ways we can consolidate or regionalize our building department. So those talks are underway. I mean, I guess that's a first big step. 
I mean, I, and I guess like the uh, for anybody who doesn't follow local government closely, the whole issue is, uh, you know, you, the city of Ansonia has grown its grand list uh, in the last yes, couple of years. That that that's been happening, but uh, it just can't keep up with the expenses of running a city. Uh, is that that's essentially what the what the problem is? Well, I don't know. The the I mean, that's I guess perspective. Really, there is no problem. Really, the grand list has grown three years in a row. But not um, huge. The, I mean, it's not. I mean, the fact it's, that it's grown is it's, it's pretty incredible. Of course, and, yeah. if you're comparing again, Derby, where have they gone right. down? Right, where have they gone in most places in Connecticut? Down. You know, most manufacturers. Where have they gone? Out, out of Connecticut. And in, in, in Ansonia, one of our, uh, our real big accomplishments in terms of economic development, I think there's been a lot, but one of the biggest was, of course, keeping a manufacturer and growing a manufacturer in town. And that's just really that's one Farrell's, element. Exactly. Farrell Corporation locating up on Fountain Lake, um, increasing their capacity to manufacture. And in fact, it's a state-of-the-art world headquarters now that, that exists in our city. But beyond that, you have economic development success everywhere, from the restaurants on Main Street to other manufacturers like Better Packages coming in to the news um, the, the home goods coming in and also the development, uh, commercial development adjacent to Target. And the transfer of the ATP Palmer building, that pending transfer for the development of further commercial downtown and residential. And we're going to tell you a little bit uh, later in the interview today about another large employer coming into town, bringing more jobs. But but all of this, all this kind of, before we skip to that, all this economic development success is increasing the grand list. It's setting up the, um, the, the stage for more growth later on, copper and brass, the 40 to 60 acres of, of space that we could remediate and develop. And you really have a board of aldermen that's seeing all of this uh, development go on, along with the mayor. But they they also don't want to go in the wrong way with taxes, so they've held the line in taxes. Yeah, I was going to ask and you. Like- and they but they yet they've been able to fund the departments. So the departments have been adequately funded. I, we believe they're doing better than ever. You see, for example, a department like Public Works, I think making a bigger, more visible difference in the city than ever before. And I think a lot of residents see that. The board of ed, like you can say, well, you know, the, the board of ed, you know, may have some issues. But if when you look at the real issues uh, with the money are allocated, we have a, we, a we just at, received a uh, a letter of the editor, which I have not even read yet. But that's coming. But it's it's from uh, Vinny Scarlatta, mm. who is on the board of education, yep. uh, taking issue with a past column. Mm. Uh, so they have. I just just say that because they're not here to, to yeah. talk about it. But they they and do we, have issues heard, with funding. And, heard, and obviously, it's the, the board of ed's going to be aggressive at lobbying for additional funds. That's the case all over Connecticut. They want what's best for the department and for the kids, and we do too. But when you look at the statistics, you do see a 3.7% average increase for the Board of Ed over the last three years. Now, again, that's another thing that stands out for Ansonia versus all the other towns in the area. We're giving a large amount, not just a large amount to education, we're funding education at a higher level than has ever been funded before. And you see a marked increase in funding Um, Over the last three years, 3.7% increase. You're looking at almost a million dollars additional every year. And you have to understand that that every time increases the minimum budget requirement. That increases that watermark for the schools. So essentially they can never go below that mark. And in addition to that funding, you're talking about uh, over half a million dollars each year in, in, uh, in additional services and additional funds that are being provided for insurance costs and other contractual costs. So not even counting, say, the bonding funding, you know, funding for capital projects that the city has put up. So there's a lot of funding that's going on, a lot of funding that the city is transferring to the Board of Ed 
helping their hopefully helping their department get better for the for the benefit of the kids and the taxpayers. Yeah, and I guess my point maybe was an opinion anything, but I meant like with the grand list. Was, I mean, it's growing, but it's almost like you feel like as no as no matter what some of these cities do, it's always like you're behind the eight ball. But Eugene, you're right. You're making a very valid point. I, I just wanted to bring that up. The the problem is that you're right. Government grows, right? And we're trying to shrink government by regionalization and other ways. Um, but the city doesn't grow. It's six square miles. So we can't get any bigger unless we regionalize. And I don't think people understand that. So the size of government can't keep increasing every year. It just can't possibly. We'll, we'll outpace ourselves. So we're, tr- we're trying everything we can. Um, and let's talk about know. this now. Corporation Council uh, Marini dropped a little hint in there, I guess James Comey style. <laughs> you mentioned a big employer that you're going to mention later in this podcast. Right. Let's, why, why bury the lead? What's, what's the news there? Okay. There's some discussions taking place as to who to should. Well, who should. I can we give got details. I'll, I'll, You'll intro I'll, it and I'm then throw it. I'm going to introduce it. Fletcher Thompson is coming to town. They're bringing 40 employees at 200 Main Street. And 20. She, 20, I'm sorry. With a potential for 20 more. Oh, and Fletcher Thompson is? Fletcher Thompson is a um, nationally known architectural and engineering firm. Um, they're one of the largest uh, engineering and architectural firms in the Northeast. They have offices in New York City, uh, New Jersey, and Bridgeport, and they're coming here to the third floor. They're renting the entire third floor. This is the building of, essentially right next door? 200 Main Street, 200 you said? 200 Main Street. Where uh, Where what? New Headings. New Headings. Okay, gotcha, gotcha. Okay. So right across from like Wells Fargo Bank, Correct. I guess yeah, that yeah, would be. Yeah. Okay. Kingston and The and, old and Rifkin Maine. building. All right, there you go. Say that into the mic. The old Rifkin okay. building. Oh, so that's... At the corner of Kingston and Main Street. So how'd you get him here? It's about 6,700 square feet. We didn't. Tonino Mavuli um, and owns the building, and uh, he's been mar- trying to market. The city's been trying to help him, um, and they've been talking to Fletcher Thompson. They reached out, and uh, they finally signed on. And so when when were they moving in? Maybe you said this. I'm sorry. but They're, they're, are, they're already moved partially they're in. There. in. Okay. Yep. And they have administrative staff. They have engineers. They have architects in there. So that's some good news. That's we should just great, mention that Tonino Movuli or the Movuli yes, family is our, also our, our landlord. landlord. Yeah, in the, of the building. So he's got good taste. Performing this interview. <laughs> yes, exactly. Uh, yeah, All right. Yeah. So that's good. Uh, All right, because we, uh, later we got to ask about the Floyd May- Mayweather uh, fight coming up. So just uh, don't let me forget. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, just like a few things I wanted, like just a few topics that, you know, running sort of topics in town that I wanted to check up on. The tax office investigation, the city's tax collector, former tax collector, I should say, uh, retired around uh, late, late last year, early January. Uh that at the time that there were quote unquote irregularities discovered in the tax office, uh, the ta- the former tax collector hasn't ac- been accused of any wrongdoing that we know of uh, at this point. Uh, but she was retired with this investigation uh, going on. Uh, has have you guys learned anything new uh, since we last checked in on that, or or what's the status of all that now? Still with the chief and with the state. Still waiting to hear word back from them. What level of state? Like what? What state office? I believe he has been uh, corresponding with the state's attorney's office. 
under investigation. And last we had talked to him, we're on a you know, wait and see basis. We're waiting to see from them what direction they're going to go in. So no additional information to share on that. Okay, and, and like no, um, you know, like there was there was not any allegation of like taxpayers' money that like went missing or anything like that. There was like that was not part of the nothing beyond what be, was reported at the time. And it was just that was just irregularities, and there was left at that. Uh, all right, uh, the Winters brothers uh, filed a lawsuit last year against the city alleging that the city arbitrarily canceled the, its contract with them and steered uh, the garbage hauling contract to um, another firm that you guys are all friends with. Um, they're like the city's denied the allegations in court and it, like I think there was a hearing scheduled at some point this month if I'm not mistaken. Is, is that what's what's the latest on the uh, the garbage lawsuit? So nothing has really happened in, a, in quite a while. I think believe the next pretrial is coming up, and we'll see from there if a hearing date will be set. Do you think there will be like a trial in that, or will there be a settlement? Is, is there like an offer been made, what, anything like that? Well, it was slated for a prejudgment remedy hearing. However, that has not been... You, what does that mean? Yeah, what's a prejudgment? Now that I have an attorney, I can finally find out these answers so, after 20 years of being a reporter. So in certain uh, cases, in advance of a trial, there will be a hearing that's essentially all about the likelihood of the plaintiff to prevail. If the plaintiff can convince a judge that it should prevail at a pre-judgment uh, remedy hearing, then essentially the judge can order that the defendant put a certain amount of money essentially, in layman's terms, into, into, into reserve. Is this like the For plaintiff the saying, my case is so good, I'm going to... That, that it just tips the scales, that it's more likely than not that the plaintiff can prevail on its claim. It has no bearing on whether or not the plaintiff will prevail on its claim. Something completely different could happen at trial, but essentially the judge could say, okay, given all the facts that I'm hearing so far... It, the, the odds are more likely than not that at least uh, some of these claims can be proven at a trial. So the plaintiff's trying to get themselves in a better position, essentially. It's, it's kind it, of a, you know, it's, it's it's a sort strategy. It's more, 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 maybe more of a tactical um, advantage that a certain amount is set aside in reserve for them if they do prevail. Again, it doesn't have any bearing on actually what will what, happen mm -hmm. at a trial. Trial could go the completely opposite way. It's, it's sort of a preliminary step to make sure that money is on hand if they do prevail at okay. the trial. But at this point, we, we did have a belief that we were heading towards that preliminary process, uh, uh, step, the prejudgment remedy hearing. But nothing is scheduled right now, and no trial is scheduled. Okay. Uh, you had mentioned the um, – I don't know if you did mention that, actually. Uh, but, like, the, there was just a, a process, I guess, that wrapped up where the city's – in the midst of buying 65 Main Street, that's one of the old Farrell buildings, <coughs> excuse me, to uh, move the police department into the top floor. Uh, just first of all, everything going smoothly with that, I guess. Do you, do you have any update on like, yeah, how long that'll be? Yeah, going very well. It should be by July 15th. That's the timetable that we've set with, uh, with, with the council on the other side to wrap up the details and, and get a contract signed. And you had said the, hopefully the police department will be in there by the end of the year. Is that still on track or will that take longer or what's any timetable there? Depends if Eversource has to get in there and do some work. 
Uh oh. No, I'm just joking. That's oh. a joke. <laughs> Uh, but I like that. That seems feasible. Do you think the end of the year for that, or? Um, I think so. Depending on the funding uh, source, depending on how quickly that moves. So again, when you're borrowing money or you're getting a grant, that that's where the time comes into play. And at the last alderman meeting, there was discussion about going through the USDA, right, or going to s simply a straightforward bond, which would be more advantageous for the city. So I know we had talked a lot in the past about the United States Department of Agriculture and that 40-year uh, loan, $12 million. But our, in consulting with Bond Council and our financial uh, advisors for the city, it looks like bonding may actually be not, not just a competitive financing route. It actually may be more advantageous for the taxpayers. So we're in the process of trying to kind of pin down exactly what will be best, best for the city. We're still applying. And at that point, uh, the, the Board of Aldermen uh, will take that up and go forward. Oh, and then something that was touched on at that Alderman's meeting, the, the city as part of that like bought uh, half half of the parking lot. Yep. I guess there are, it's, it's like a half interest in the yep, parking lot, exactly. effectively. It's not like you guys are going to paint Split a chalk line, line down the down middle, the middle. Like, and happen one night or something. It's, it's like you, you own half of it, they own half of it. So if something happens in the future... There's flexible. There's an ability a, to be flexible. A pound of flesh, I guess. Um, and then just across the parking lot from 65 Main Street, um, the new building going up, the Massaminos, that was sort of rising rapidly. Uh, is that still? It was supposed to be done by the end of the summer. Is is? It seems to have like construction seems not to have been progressing as quickly recently. Do you know what's going on there? Um, What's he, going on? He's ordered. He's ordered a special type of siding, stone siding, and he's waiting for that to come in. And he's also working with a bank uh, to get funding. Okay. And so, do you think that'll push? That oh yeah, I, I believe. Or? I believe by September, October, he should be done. Okay. And that—that's your brother-in-law. Yes. Okay. All right. Yes. That's why I'm asking yeah. about it, just to be clear. Uh, Eugene, did you have? I don't mean to. No, no. Keep monopolize. going. I mean, it's it's ten forty-two, so we're sort of wrapping up, but. Oh, okay. And then, uh, first of, uh, when you first ran for mayor, sorry, this is like back in 2013, there Correct. the issue of like, there was a, you had uh, outstanding taxes on your business, mm -hmm. uh, you paid them, um, it came out months later, there was like a IRS tax lien, and you said that an accountant you had uh, had working for your company had stolen money from you, Correct. and that you referred it to the police. Do you know what the latest? We haven't asked the police about there, this. There are you could call them. They're still investigating. Um, they have a warrant for the arrest of this accountant in the court as we speak. Um, but there's some questions that need to be answered. But my son is handling that. Okay, and that your son took over the company. Yes, we should say. Um, and the, like, well, we should I, just interrupt. That could mean that the, the yeah they could have submitted a judge or, or a prosecutor, prosecutor says said, I, there's not enough clear. You have to get more or, info. Yeah, or we just talked over yeah, each yeah. other. Mm -hmm. So just explain what if a if police submit a warrant to a, a, a process, it must be signed by a prosecutor and a Correct. judge. And you know it, that's not a, a process that we are we have access to. Right. So any number of things might be happening there. Like the judge might have said, you know, go get more information about this or the I believe that's the case. Something like that. So still an active police investigation. I yes, guess. it is. All right. And then looking forward, uh, I know, um, you know, it's months away, but uh, you have filed 
paperwork to uh, run for re-election. This November, you're the only candidate thus far uh, that I know of. Um, do you anticipate any opponents? In I, I got to tell you that Republican I've had Republican Party or I've in the Republican Party. Yeah. I don't know. It's possible, mm-hmm. but whoever it may be, I, I've I got to tell you, I've had some sleepless sleepless nights because I'm concerned that I'm not going to have a, a, an opponent, and I believe everybody should have an opponent, especially in the, in our small community. So there's always differences of opinion. So I hope that there is going to be an opponent. Well, you you think the Dems might just uh, oh boy, I hope they down? don't. That we're outnumbered seven to one, and I'm the underdog going into this because no sitting mayor from my party has ever won a third term. Hmm. Yeah, it's a known fact. I think they should I've, I've sit it happened. out, but we don't know if they oh, will. Wow, little fighting words there. So we'll see. Uh, we'll see going forward. Sure. Um, like, yeah, I, have, I haven't looked at any of the paperwork that's been filed, but I just know that you're the only one that has uh, yep. so far. Uh, so yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what happens there. All right. So the only question I have, then we'll wrap it up because you got to be somewhere in a couple of minutes. And thanks for coming by. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having us. So just last week, I think it was, it was announced that Floyd Mayweather widely considered to be the best boxer of his generation, is going to be fighting Conor McGregor, uh, MMA star from the UFC. Right. And I'm wondering who, uh, you know, you're a, a former boxer. Right. Still coaching, still involved in the still sport. Involved. Who do you think, uh, who you taking in that fight? I'm why? taking Floyd Mayweather in a decision. In a de- Okay, yeah. in a decision. Do you think it's a joke? Is this like an Andre yes. the Giant versus Muhammad yes. Ali type right. thing? Or, or like, exactly. Uh, remember Rocky Three where he fights yeah. uh, Thunder Hulk Lips. Hogan? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I, I read like a thing that was like McGregor's, like Mayweather. He will not like lay a hand on uh, Mayweather. Mayweather's like a master defensive. Yes. yes. Do you admire Mayweather or do you think... It, because I don't. I mean, well, I, I got to tell you, the, my the opinion, last but, ten fights yeah. that he's had, there have been nobodies, and he's just building his record up. He was just building his record up. He should have fought some competitive guys, more competitive guys. And do you see this as competitive at all? Do no. you think uh, is this just a no, cash grab be by a everybody? Stock. Mm. You he, he's, his moves. I mean, he's like he said, he's not going to even get it. Would you uh, give it to Mayweather if they? threw in some MMA in there if he was allowed to use his legs or no, that, could that change it or no possibly do you watch MMA are you a, no, do you I, consider I it a, I'm strictly boxing okay Mayweather's not the nicest person no in his personal well life, neither so. are you oh no, oh you uh, mean in his personal I've never sorry been, uh, yeah I've never been uh, all right let's not get lost for the crimes that Floyd Mayweather has so. now I'll have to edit the end of the podcast <clears throat> all right gonna get us sued I want to thank uh, uh, Mayor Cassetti Sheila O'Malley and John Marini for coming by and talking to us. Uh, and just before we sign off, is there anything that anyone wanted to add? Maybe there's an area of questioning that Ethan and I aren't bringing up that you want to get on your soapbox and talk about. And just that Ansoni's going to be recharged. And with that, June 20th, 7 p.m., high school budget hearing and vote. Okay. Thank you. See you next week. Thank you. Thank you.